Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America and managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is my friend, Elliot Kershaw. Welcome, Elliot. Thank you. So glad you could be here. So just like all episodes, I've got three questions I'm going to ask you, but I want to start first with your one-sentence bio. One sentence. One sentence. <laughs> I'm Elliot. I, um, I'm a healthcare guy who works in technology. Um, no, I said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, keep going. <laughs> um, I, uh, I manage, I negotiate for a living. I do it on behalf of a healthcare company. I also am a small business person. I've built a real estate business that I hope sustains my family and leaves a little something for my kids. And then I have a couple other roles that I play. I'm a father and a dad and um, some other things, but that's who I am. I love it. I love it. So there's a lot of things you said in there. Father, dad, small business owner, negotiator for a large healthcare company. I think that makes you the perfect guest for this week's episode. Are you ready to jump right into the questions? Um, I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. How do your values impact your management philosophy? Well, my, my number one value is I love people, and that's not an action love. It's a, it's a, a, a love where I really want the best for, for people. So whatever improves someone's life, I want that for them. And so as a leader, it's really, really important for me to try to have people maximize their ability, whether they're in my organization or someone else's. I really want them to feel like I'm supporting them in whatever it is that they want to do. And that love that I have for people allows me to just minimize myself and really put them to the forefront and allow them to try to achieve whatever goals they have in mind for themselves. Now, you said something that we don't hear a lot in corporate America. You said the word love. So Mm -hmm. talk to me about how you show love to people that work for you. I show love by really trying to treat each and every person the way that I'd want to treat my own family. When I think of my team, that is my family. I know them by name. I know their spouses by name. I know their children. I care about them at a, at a level that goes beyond our ability to make money and work for the company. And I, I, I really think that's important for my team. Now, have you always had that management style? Have you always treated people like your family and cared for them? Or has that been impacted by something? No, I haven't. When, when I worked in fear, uh, I wasn't able to do that because I thought that we competed against each other on a team. And when that was lifted from me, when I began to understand that as a team, we're able to achieve more than we can individually. And for them achieving something doesn't take anything away from me. I was able to really drop my apprehension towards people and really embrace them for who they are. Wow. So how did you get rid of that fear? I'm not really sure. I I think just as a normal course of life as I got a little more confidence in myself, and my faith journey takes me there. Mm. I feel like we are required to treat people as if we care about them. And so that just became one of the things that I practiced in my life. So I may dig into a little bit more about that fear and your faith journey in the next question, but you ready for question number two? I am ready. Okay. Who or what 
has had the most impact on your management style? I want to say it's a what. And it takes me back to kind of a a teenage story. My father was a military person. And towards the end of his career, my father did something he really wasn't supposed to do and uh, lost his ability to work in a professional environment. And he ended up retiring from the Air Force and having to go work in a factory. And I saw how dehumanizing it was to him to not feel like he was able to work up to his potential. And I think that really left an impression upon me that really all people want to do is they just want to be happy and be able to take care of their family. Mm -hmm. And so in watching him literally live the rest of his life regretting that one incident and how it impacted him, I think it really changed me. Wow. Do you think that's where your fear-based management started? It it did. I, I, I saw the fear in him of not being able to support his family. Mm. Uh, and it led him to some really, really dark places. But mm. that was a, a really valuable lesson for me. Wow. So you said, you talked about happiness and how you just want to be happy and help others be happy. How do you help people when they're having a hard time? The first thing is empathy. Mm. And, and I think when we try to meet people wherever they are and we do it with empathy, I think we're able, if nothing, sometimes all we have to do is listen. Other times they will lead us to things that we can do to help them. But I think that's how it starts is I'm capable of providing empathy to people, even if their own actions have put them in a bad spot. Mm. Uh, I've learned not to be the judging person, but to lean in with empathy and love. So empathy and listening takes time. So how do you, as a busy guy, working a big job in corporate America, you have a small business, you have a family, and you spend a lot of time with them, how do you carve out time to make sure you're listening to your employees? This would have been a really hard question when I was a lot younger. (laughs) But as I've gotten older, uh, I have learned that I always can make time for things that are important to me. Hmm. And I've learned, uh, probably I don't want to tell anybody this, But when I'm not 100% at work, that company still is there. Mm. They still perform. They still make money. And so it allows me to really prioritize what's important to me. Now, Danita, that isn't an excuse for me not doing what I'm paid to do. Sure. But what it does mean is when there's a choice, I can choose to prioritize the things in my life that are really important. And leaning in and helping people sometimes is, is that choice I make. You know, we often say things in our life are important, but if we go back and we see where we spend our money and our time, we actually can tell what is important in our lives. And I think what you just said is a great reminder for me specifically to make sure that I'm spending my time where it's most important. Thank you. You're welcome. Ready for question number three? I am ready. All right. What book has made the biggest impact on you? The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. Yes. <laughs> so far, you're my favorite guest, I'll just tell you. Um, <laughs> that book changed, literally changed my life. So tell me, tell me why you love that book. That book, to me, was a blueprint for what it takes to not be important, but to be significant. Mm. It, and it broke it down into so many common sense things that apply in my personal life. As well, one of my favorite things from the 21 Irrefutable Laws is the whole thing about attracting other people. We 
attract what we are. And when I, when I look at, at the people around me, I've learned to put myself around people that don't like drama, mm. that just that, that seek out peace and serenity. And I try to stay in that state so that those are the kinds of people that I have around me. That is so awesome. So you said serenity and no drama, and I think that is something that's very important, not just in management and hiring, but in life. But tell me, how do you seek out people that are drama-free and have a sense of peace and serenity in them? Well, I I think the drama-free comes by having people that have tremendous confidence in themselves. And when we're confident in ourselves, I've thought that drama is a way for us to kind of cloud up things around us. And when people have a really clear vision for themselves and you share a vision that you have for them, there isn't really a need for a bunch of drama. They're clear about where they're going. They're clear about where you want to help them go. And I think you eliminate that. It's hard sometimes, though, to pick those people out in the hiring process. It is easier to pick out people during an interview that are used to drama. They'll tell you about it. So um, if you can avoid those, you stand a good chance with the other ones. And that is excellent advice for the hiring process. You know, that book I have walked through with every team I've had. And we just like every week in our team meeting, we would start like with the first law of the lid. And then we go to the next one right. and we go to the go to the next one. I'm going to teach a class here uh, for our MHA program. And that's one of the books that I'm going to use. It's just so good. So many good concepts it, in there. It's almost mislabeled though. The 20 front one irrefutable laws of leadership. You could change that to life. Oh, uh, yes. And yes. it's still those 21 things still fit. Uh, they still help us be what we're capable of being, but it also teaches us how to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is about uplifting those around us. And so um, that book has been really valuable to me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. All right, Elliot, are you ready for my favorite part of the podcast? I think I am. Okay. So I'm going to ask you questions, They're rapid fire questions. I want to see how many you can answer in 60 seconds. Okay. So don't overthink them. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. What makes you cry? Uh, watching other people in pain. What makes you happy? Um, just being able to relax. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Meat of any kind. Favorite age you've been? Um, 61, with the age I am today. <laughs> okay. Dogs or cats? Dog. I mean cats. I'm sorry. Uh, you can have a dinner party with four people who are all dead. Who would they be? Um... My father, my grandfather, and my grandmother. One more. Oh, and I'd like to have Obama there with us. Okay, that sounds like he's not dead. No, he's not dead. (laughs) That's okay. Favorite app. Favorite app. Um, the Bidwiz app. I don't know that one. It's a card app. Oh, okay. All right. Favorite holiday. Um, Thanksgiving. Favorite restaurant. The Palm. What would you call your favorite success? Uh, Watching my children graduate and grow up. Man, that's a perfect one to end on. That is awesome. Good. Thank you. You did well. You did so well that I was having to come up with more questions. So you you definitely did that well. All right. Parting advice for managers. So if you had to give advice to managers, maybe a new manager, what advice would you give them? 
my first advice would be that everybody on your team that you have the capability to hire should be smarter than you. The second piece of advice I would get, I would provide is that humility is more important than intellect. Mm -hmm. Just being a humble person um, that's focused on watching your people grow, hoping that they get to fly away and leave you and grow to other places will set you up to be the best manager in the company. Man, that is some great advice. Thank you, Elliot, for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for a future guest, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University. Thank you.